Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. And uh, you're about to listen to a conversation that I just had with a good friend of mine, Jesse Elder. And Jesse is someone that I've probably been saying for over a year to him whenever we run into each other or jump on a call, hey, we should totally do a podcast together and talk you have a great conversation. And and he always, yeah, absolutely. And we just, I don't know why we never nailed it down until now. And if you listen to last week's episode, during the episode, I quoted Jesse and then I went, I got to get Jesse on the podcast. And I literally text him during the episode I was recording last week. And he texted me right back, said, let's do it ASAP. And so uh, today we jumped on uh, Zoom and we recorded this conversation. Jesse is an entrepreneur. He is what he calls an action philosopher. And I think you'll you'll understand that more when you experience him today. And a time piercer. What is that? We'll find out. But Jesse, he's a speaker. He's a mentor. He, he teaches other entrepreneurs. He's an all-around lover of life. And he's devoted his life to sharing his principles of self-mastery with people all around the world. And through his popular Mind Vitamin videos, online courses, events, private coaching, and more, Jesse teaches others how to create their own success and fulfillment, reclaim their personal freedom, and master their reality. And we are going to talk today about how to master your reality, how to create or just realize that you are always creating your own reality. I want to read something that getting from Jesse's website, jessielder.com. And I think that instead of hearing about Jesse, as I just told you, I think hearing from Jesse and hearing, I want to read this because this will give you a glimpse into his mind, into his the paradigms that he lives from. So Jesse says, when you are aligned with your purpose and connected to your tactical intuition, everything changes. Things you thought were previously impossible open up to you and life becomes an adventure. The wonderful thing is that anybody can experience this level of freedom. If you have the eyes to read this and the mind to understand it, that means you have the capacity for unlimited success and happiness. That's my great love in life. Connecting people to their unique purpose and vision and helping them on the path to self-authorization. I encourage you to explore the content on the site and discover what shifts you can create in your own life. I can't wait to see where this journey takes you. Jesse Elder. Jesse is one of the wisest, most, I would say, enlightened people that I know. When I spend time with him, I get better. I see things differently. I see myself differently. I experience the world differently. And that's why I wanted to bring him on today so that you can, that Jesse Elder, you can have that same experience, just spending time listening to him talk, being in his presence. It's, a, it's, it's worth you know, it's, it's worth your time and then some. Uh, before we dive into the conversation, I just, I've got to uh, take just a minute. I want to take a minute to thank 
my two sponsors for today's episode. The first is our longtime sponsor, Organifi. Organifi makes some of the best health enhancing supplements and powders to throw into your smoothie or mix with water that I'm aware of in the world. And I've used their products for years. Check out Organifi.com forward slash Hal. That's spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash Hal. And uh, check out their products. And if you find something there that you love, and I, I hope you will, Enter the code HAL, H-A-L, at checkout, and that'll give you 15% off your entire order for being a listener of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And last but not least, I want to thank our newest sponsor, Self-Publishing School. And Self-Publishing School is founded and operated by my good friend, Chandler Bolt. Self-Publishing School has helped hundreds of I think it's over 300 members of the Miracle Morning community and listeners of the the podcast to write and publish their first book or their next book, and it can help you do the same. So check out self-publishingschool.com forward slash Hal. That is self-publishingschool.com forward slash Hal, and you can get a free training that I recently did with Chandler Bolt on how to write and publish your book in as little as 90 days and in as little as 30 minutes each day. So if you have a message you want to get out there to the world in a way that impacts people and increases your income, check out self-publishingschool.com forward slash Hal, and uh, you'll get everything there that you need. Without further ado, my enlightening conversation with the one and only Jesse Elder. Hey, just a quick heads up before you start the episode. I just, I realized after I recorded that my microphone setting was incorrect. And so the audio today, I think it's clear, but it's not top notch. It wasn't using my uh, my nice podcasting microphone. So just a warning so that you're aware. Uh, it sounds a little hollow, but if you can make it through the non-perfect audio, I think that the content can change your life in a positive way. So enjoy. Jesse Elder, we're here, man. We did it. Finally. This has uh, been, a, been a long time in the making, dude. Dude, this is like the most delayed podcast uh, ever. Yeah, man, long time in the making. And well, it's funny. What's cool about this is I was thinking about this this morning. I literally last, I think I mentioned this to you, but on last week's episode, I was doing a solo episode about finding true happiness. And I quoted, I butchered a quote that I heard you say once about something about how, you know, you only feel fear long enough to alchemize the fear. And I, when, I, when I said that, I go, you know what? Speaking of Jesse Elder, he needs to be on the podcast. I said, everybody, hang tight. It wasn't live, but I, I, as if it were live, I, everybody, hold on. And I just, I just started texting you while I was recording the podcast. Right. And I go, there you go. I just invited Jesse. Hopefully he's on soon. And literally, you know, it's one week later uh, since that episode aired and, uh, and you're on the very next episode. That, that's a nice turnaround time, man. Thanks for being responsive. That's how it works, man. That's how it works. Yeah. I will say this too. Uh, I know I'm doing all the talking so far, but uh, I, I wanted the audience to know that Jesse and I got on Zoom literally about 30 seconds before we started recording this. And I was like, anything we should prepare? And, you know, we both agreed when you live your life, you know, prepared and of service to others, I think that's how you said it, then uh, there's, there's nothing to prepare. So, yep. yeah. So I'm just looking for a really nice organic conversation today. And I did put some thought into like, what are some things, what are some topics I want to chat about? What about Jesse is interesting. And I'll tell you one other thing I want to share with the audience that I shared with you the other day is 
I, I often have conversations with God, if you will, like right in, in meditation and in prayer, tapping into higher consciousness, collective wisdom, whatever you want to call it. And I got a message a few weeks ago uh, as I was laying down to bed trying to fall asleep, which is when my, my higher self won't shut up, right? It's like I got the journal by the bed to write it down. And I got the message that, uh, hey, you need to spend more time with Jesse just to learn from you and, and your wisdom and, uh, and, and the way that you see the world, which, you know, we spent a lot of time together, so I know that, but it's all relative. And so anyway, man, so I'm excited to fulfill that now with you in the midst of other people listening in on our, on our conversation so that we can all benefit from your wisdom. So with that said, man, what are you up to? Dude, I'm just so appreciative to be here and to see you and to connect with everybody that that is uh, part of your family and part of your community. You and I have known each other for probably like six, seven years. Archangel Academy, I think, is when we met, which was probably like yeah. you know, 2014 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been a hot minute, and uh, just so much respect for the way that you navigate your life. You know, I always saw what you were doing, and and you know, of course, read Miracle Morning, and then. Got to, got to know you as an entrepreneur. And then over the last couple of years, as we've gotten to become really good friends and spend time together around all sorts of things from, from economics to politics to, to family to education to health and creativity and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, dude, this is my brother. So I'm just happy to be here, man, live and, and, uh, and connecting with all your, your folks. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that you said the other day when you texted me that you were looking forward to surfing the vibe with me. What does that mean, Jesse? What does that mean to surf the vibe with somebody? Yeah, let's dive right in. Every, uh, you know, everything in this uh, universe as we understand it is uh, harmonic. You know, it's got a resonance to it down from the, from the subatomic particles that make up the atoms, that make up the molecules, that make up the, you know, this physical world to other things that are equally real, although non-physical, like thoughts and uh, waves, you know, gamma waves, radio waves, uh, cell signal, you know, Wi-Fi. This is all non-physical and yet incredibly real. We're having this conversation because we've got these frequencies called Wi-Fi that can connect us, convert that into sight and sound and, and vibration. So everything, everything in this, in this universe operates on a certain frequency and especially us as human beings. Each one of us is a uh, an electromagnet. Really, we're moving at different at different waves, and that might sound super woo or super quantum or whatever. But every single one of us knows what it feels like when we're in a, a higher vibe, because we just feel more like ourselves. We feel happy with who we are. We feel content someplace else. Nor are we, you know, just sort of satisfied to stay where we are. The, uh, somebody in a high vibe, and you're, you're definitely one of these people, somebody in a high vibe always is sort of oscillating back and forth between appreciation for what is and this eager anticipation for what's coming. And that sort of juxtaposition of those two moods or those two energies is the ultimate space of creation. And when somebody gets a little bit outside of one of those, you know, let's, let's say on one side is act, you know, this, this appreciation, but they lose the ambition, you know, they lose the eagerness for what's coming. And then they sort of settle into this rut, you know, they're just like, okay, well, you know, I'm grateful for all this stuff, Uh, you know, but there's like not this, there's exciting creation. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other side, it's very easy, especially today 
It's very easy to get into pure ambition and pure anticipation and more, 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 and forget the other, the other part, which is just this appreciation for everything that is. And so when we're around people who are, and it's not a judgment, it's just an observation of you know, where we can all go uh, if we're not careful. When we're around somebody who's too much to one end of the spectrum, there's something that's missing. You know, if somebody's really over here on the ambition side, after a while, you're like, take a breath, man. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. chill out and just, just like savor kind of how far you've come. You know, there's, there's that. And on the other side, it's, it's uh, and, and lovingly, and I used to be one of these people for a long time, but uh, woke and broke, you know, <laughs> just, just super happy and lovely, lovely people. But then like, you know, they want to crash on your couch all the time because they haven't figured out yet how to get traction with value in the world. And so, you know, it's, it's those two spaces that I observe you operate in consistently. I don't think I've ever hung out with you when both of those weren't really, really high. And so when I say surf in the vibe, that's what I mean. That, that space Mm -hmm. between appreciation and ambition that's my my favorite place to be, and those are my favorite people in the world who who have uh, you know sort of, of acknowledged those two those two poles. I love that. I love that, and that, and it, it is it goes along. There's something I often will say to folks if I'm you know I don't know training or talking or whatever, which is the sweet spot is you have to maintain a complete peace with where you are, while simultaneously maintaining a healthy sense of urgency and enthusiasm to move toward where you want to go. Yes. And so that's, you just described that, you know, you filled that kind of that, that out. I love that. And if you're listening to this right now, right, really think about that for a second and ask yourself where you are between those two realms, right? The realm of just being really happy and at peace and grateful with where you are in your life. Even if it's not where you want to be, just because it's where you are and you can either be miserable where you are or happy where you are. And it has almost nothing to do with where you are, Right. You know, it can have, it could have everything to do with where you are if you, if you allow it to, right? Well, of course I'm unhappy. Look at my circumstances or my circumstances suck, but I'm happy anyway, right? But either way, the circumstances haven't changed. So, so where are you between that spectrum of being really happy and at peace, just enjoying this one life you've been blessed to live? And then are you waking up every day with and, and regaining that clarity and that traction and that momentum and generating the energy necessary and taking the steps? to move in the direction of creating a life that you're so freaking excited to live, it takes no energy, right? You don't have to think about it, right? So to me, yeah, both of those, man. Oh, you're surfing right now. I like it. If anybody's watching the video, you're surfing. That's beautiful, man. So how did you get to this point? So in fact, let's do this. Who are you, Jesse? Like, who? what do you do? Not who are you, I guess. What do you, who are you? What do you do right now? If somebody doesn't know you, you know, I'll give you an intro here at the beginning, or I gave you an intro at the beginning. But like, what do you do now? And then what got you to that point, right? Because what you just shared isn't common. It's not a common, unfortunately, hopefully we can make it more and more and more common, right? But most people, like you said, they either are not engaged in either of those realms or they're, they're out of balance and they're working their butt off and they're ambitious, right? But they're, they're, they're not happy, you know, and you see one of the two. Yeah. I've been super blessed to have you know, first of all, I had had a kick-ass childhood. I mean, I had parents that loved me and stayed out of my way. You know, they they basically said, you're here as a soul for your own reason, and we're not here to control that. So, uh, you know, as, as my relationship with my parents has gotten stronger and grown over the years, I've learned a lot from them about education and about about learning and about you know what is it to be a human. And one thing that they said to me, which was kind of shocking when I first heard it, they said, we figured you just knew better than we did 
what you needed. And so we let you teach us how to parent you. Mm. So your parents hippies? It sounds a little, little hippie-ish. Not necessarily. I mean, we, we were very, you know, we gardened and, you know, we were very, very active in the community. But my dad's a school teacher. He was, uh, he's a lot of things. He's a bartender and a farmer and, 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 you know, many, many different things, but primarily a school teacher. And my mom uh, was a nurse and then still continued nursing for a long time. And there's five of us and we all were homeschooled. So yeah. hippie, I don't know. Yeah, but they're wise. Wise and enlightened is, is a better, that's what I call it. They would probably deny that, but I can confirm it. (laughs) Those that are truly wise and enlightened will always deny it, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So as that, without a sort of a setup, I found very, very quickly that there was nobody other than me that was qualified to tell me what I should do with my life. And so, you know, having never been to school or never taken a test or never sat behind a desk and just getting in this, in this sort of, uh, you know, the space of, of what was I interested in. So when I was a kid, I read for hours and hours a day, things that interested me, not knowing until years later that my dad, or, you know, many times my mom were the ones laying the books out on the table and saying, Jesse, you can read whatever you want. And I remember going, I can read anything I want. This is amazing. It wasn't until you know thirty years later. I'm like, you guys are damn geniuses. <laughs> You're the ones that selected the titles and then gave me this this illusion of choice, you know. And so, so I, I say all of that is a little bit of a setup because I Not believe politics. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> illusion of choice. Yeah. Uh, so, so with with that as a as a foundation, and then just continuing to to live my life in that in that fashion. You know, what am I fascinated by? What am I interested in? And what feels right, you know, and, and what feels right to me right now, knowing that that can change, knowing that it will change, and then sort of turning that over over many, many different careers and many, uh, many different iterations of that singular purpose, I realized that there's just two things. And then we'll, we'll talk more about the, the business side and how that became a, you know, a, a micro empire or whatever. I realize that to me, there are two things that are equally important in life. These are two sides of the same coin. One cannot exist without the other. Um, and one is that if I'm not making a difference, uh, that I'm not, I'm not having fun. I'm not enjoying my life. On the other side, if I'm not enjoying my life, if I'm not having fun, then I'm actually not making a difference. Because mm. this greatest gift, I believe, uh, the greatest gift that, that anybody can give is truly the gift of their presence, the gift of their joy, the gift of their happiness, the gift of their own well-being. And that is best experienced as an inside-out phenomenon, as a, as a self-generated, self-authorized sort of, sort of phenomenon. So happiness and fulfillment and joy, that's a choice series of choices. Sometimes we can choose ourselves out of it and then it doesn't feel like a choice anymore because of the, the guy in office or the guy that got fired from office or this or that, you know, all these external circumstances that we think are responsible for our happiness. But really that's just the natural byproduct of choosing away from our core, you know, from our purpose, from our heart, from our soul, from our, from our own mind, our own body. So having fun and making a difference to me are, are the same exact thing. And so when I was a kid, I started doing martial arts. I loved it. Uh, got my black belt when I was 15, started teaching. And by the time I was 17, I told my parents, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And they, right. 
in typical fashion, they're like, you can do it. Mm-hmm. We can't help you, but we believe in you. And so I struggled and navigated my way through opening a martial arts school and along the way got into these fantastic evolutionary experiences of these fight club, like underground bar fights in, in San Antonio, Texas, no rules, no time no weight limit, no safety equipment. And it was a baptism in reality because it taught me the difference between theory and results. Anything that sounds good, sounds sweet, sounds nice, looks cool, what's the result? And so I became largely immune to BS. You know, somebody had something that sounded nice. I couldn't even hear what they were saying. I was looking at their results. And if somebody, for example, is telling me how I should teach, my first question is, how many students do you have? You know, if they're like, oh, I got 36 students. I'm like, man, I got that every single class. And I got eight classes a day, six days a week. So with love and with, with respect, I do not accept your qualification to give me advice on that particular area. You might be superior to me in other areas. Happy to listen to you on that. And not only listen, but pay. Because that's something that I realize is if I don't pay, if I don't invest, then I'm not going to pay attention. And so, you know, that's the, that's the, the double-edged sword of, you know, creating amazing free content and putting all this stuff out there in the world. It's so easy for people to listen and go, wow, sounds great. And then they got their dopamine hit for the day, but then they don't really take it further. And that just breaks my heart. And so, you know, learning that for me, the difference between theory and, and reality, and then continually testing as many different things as I could to grow my school, I understood that I was in charge of the success of my school. Nobody else was. And, and I could, you know, cower inside my school and wait for people to discover me, or I could be proactive and I could go out into the community and I could go hand out guest passes and say, hi, have you taken martial arts before? And then that forced me to overcome these illusion fears, absolute false fears of, uh, of rejection. Because nobody can reject you. You can only reject yourself. You know, I, I learned. I, I can't let you keep going. Expand on that. What do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's a big difference between uh, rejection or refusal. You know, if if let's say you and I go to eat and we and we shared many meals together, and let's say that the waiter or waitress comes up and says, um, you know, I'd like, may I recommend this special? Well. I'm sure they've, they've got their reasons for recommending it. Maybe they've got, you know, just too much in the kitchen. They're trying to get rid of it. Maybe it is a really good meal. And they want to make the restaurant look good, whatever it is. But they're making a suggestion, an invitation, a recommendation. So if they say, hey, we've got the, uh, you know, stir-fried, you know, vegan wheatgrass patties. And I'm like, that sounds awful. I don't think I like one of those. Thank you. And then they're like, okay, no problem. They don't take it personally. They don't experience it as rejection. I simply refused their offer. And now I'm on to saying what I'd like is this. And they go, no problem. Happy to help. So, you know, when somebody's coming from a place like this server in, in this example, they're coming truly from a place of service. They've got all the available options. And then they say, may I recommend this? And you say yes or no, doesn't change their life. You know, it doesn't, doesn't, I <laughs> can't imagine being out, you know, at some steakhouse and the waiter, you know, waiter comes up and he's like, may I recommend the lamb chops? And I, I say, no, no. And he goes, <laughs> I need a minute, bro. Like that's ludicrous to How think of. How could you do that to me? I well, offer you something. Why would you reject my lamb chops? Yeah. <laughs> but but the thing is, 
and I realize it's, it's not a, an, an accurate, super accurate example because, you know, this is an object, a, a, a food item that he's, rec- that he's offering, not something that's near and dear to his heart. So it does get a little bit, you know, you have to, you have to go a little deeper into this. But I recognize a long time ago that, that if I invite somebody to a party, if I invite somebody to, to get, uh, you know, a report that I've written that can help them with their mindset, or if I invite somebody to download a meditation and they say no cool mm-hmm. that yeah. cost me nothing it did nothing to me except now i'm one step closer to finding the person that is ready and um you know you and i both have a background in, in very conscious communication and truly come from a place of service and you know you and i know the the, the mathematical realities of growing a business right. and if you offer something and somebody says no then what they're saying is either uh, no, I don't want to grow. I just want to stay comfortable. I want to stay right here where I am. Cool. You know, good luck. I don't have that kind of courage to to not change and to go forward in time three years and be the same person. That terrifies me. Right. But hey, man, if if you're if you're brave enough to risk that, more power to you. But I don't take it personally if somebody says no to an invitation. I know the reality, just like you do. Some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. So who's the next person? And I, I got this, I really understood this in the martial arts, where if I go and, and invite 10 people to try a free class and eight of them say, no, I'm not going to do it, I learned really quickly that had nothing to do with me. Although there were things that I could do to improve. You know, I could, I could dress presentably. I could you know, listen and ask more questions instead of just blasting with this, this offer. And I, and I improved. You know, I went from two out of 10 to three out of 10 to six out of 10 and consciously grew my school. Eventually, we had a very successful school. And then we had two schools and three and then eight, and it, it just kept growing. And I think the link here, and this may involve those of you that are listening or watching this, you know, everything that you want to accomplish in your life is 100% can involve other people. Mm. And so developing the skills of communication, communicating a vision, communicating why it's important that this vision happen, communicating what's in it for somebody else who might help you. That is such a, a simple skill uh, that if you can just develop that, then there's literally no dream that you can't have, but you, you can't do it on your own. It does involve other people and you got to get over this illusion of rejection because it's, and we, we learn that that is a hundred percent learn. Babies are not born with the fear of rejection. Go ahead. Yeah. What? Well, and on a personal level, like um, you're, you're, I think you like, you're giving the example around business, which many of us can relate to on a personal level. For me, I learned, it was actually the biggest takeaway that I got. I did landmark forum when I was 20, early twenties. Uh, my wife was, at the time, 19, I had just met her. We were dating a few months. I'm like, hey, I'm going to this event called the Landmark Forum. It's a three-day event. You want to go? And she's like, sure. You know. So we went. But the biggest takeaway that I got is to never take anything personally because mm-hmm. nothing anyone says or does to you is directly about you. Indirectly, it might be. But if someone says you're ugly, it doesn't mean you're... Most people would go, oh my God, how could you say that to me? How could you say I'm ugly? It doesn't mean you're ugly. It means that they have an opinion. Period. End of story. Done. And they're entitled to their opinion. And you can either choose to let it affect you or you can choose not to. And it's easier said than done. But for me, it was in my affirmations after I learned that for, I don't know, years until it became hardwired that like, I will never allow another person's opinion or what they say or what they do, you know, disrupt my inner harmony. 
right? Then nothing. And, and so if you're listening, get, imagine getting that plate. That includes your spouse, right? Your spouse is like, oh, I don't want to have sex with you tonight, sweetie. You know what? You take a rejection. It's like, no, it has nothing to do with you. It's just the, the space that they're in, the mental, emotional, physical space they're in has nothing to do with you. And if you can get there, you become almost invincible, if you will, of like other people having any ability to affect your quality of life. So good. So good. And in addition to that, the response that we get from someone is, uh, you know, I agree, it has, has very, very, very little to do with us. And yet we have a massive amount of influence over how people do respond to us. And that, that goes back to, you know, it goes back to vibe. It goes back to, to the, the energy that you're in. You know, you and I, you know, we'll, we'll go someplace or, or we'll, you know, be at, a, be at a social event and everybody there is high vibe. Everybody there is, is in this amazing energy. And I, I mean, I'll speak personally, there's plenty of times that I've gone somewhere and I was like, eh, you know, I, I was just feeling kind of mellow. You know, I wasn't super like social, wasn't feeling it. But then you get there and all of a sudden the energy is so big and the energy is good and the conversations are flowing. Next thing you know, your vibe changes. And so we all have that in us to change our own vibe. And it, it really comes down to when, when two people connect personally, professionally, it doesn't matter. When two people enter each other's space, whichever person is stronger in their vibration will ultimately influence the other person. So if you're just kind of unconsciously going along, life's pretty good, you're feeling all right, and then somebody enters your space and they are committed to a low vibe, they're angry about the world, they're scared, they're pissed off. If they're more, if they got more momentum in that vibe than, than I do, then pretty soon I'm going to be like, oh man, why do you got to be so negative? And then I'm being critical of them for being critical and I'm being negative towards them for being negative. And I'm right in that frequency with them because I got influenced into that. And it works the other way as well. If, if, if you or me or somebody listening is intentional about this is the vibe that I want to be in, this is how I'm going to be today. And all day long, no matter where I go, no matter who I'm with, no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to look for things that please me. I'm going to look for things that I appreciate. I'm going to look for things that I respect. I'm going to look for things that I admire. I'm going to look for things that fire me up. I'm going to look for things that, that feel good. And if that's my focus, then somebody can show up and be a total mother trucker and they can be in their, in their vibe. And you could just be like, wow, man, you're so passionate. And, and like not have any friction, not have any, you know, it's like Velcro, you know, you got to have a hook and a loop to stick. But if you're, if you've got like this spiritual Teflon and somebody's coming at you like, ah, and it just like loop, slides off and you're like, nice claws, man. Yeah. And like, doesn't even affect you. Eventually yeah. they will either get more pissed off because they're not getting what they need yeah. or think they need and they'll go away or they'll shift. And it's like waking up from a bad dream and they'll forget to be pissed off. They'll forget to be angry. They'll forget to be raised. And all of a sudden, they're like, whoa, man, I just had a moment there. It lasted eight years, but man, it's nice to be out. And, and that's, that's the, the power that we all have to, to truly create change in the world. Yeah, it's not, I, I love everything you just said. And it's, I think it's even beyond the power we have. I would say it's the responsibility that we have. And that's a very subjective statement because I could argue you don't have responsibility to do anything you don't want to do. You do whatever you want, right? But I think that if for most people, most of us are honest, we want to be happy individually. We want people around us to be happy, right? And so if that is, you mentioned results. If the result that you want is you want to be happy and people around you to be happy, you got to go first. 
right? You got to go first in your marriage. You got to go first in yes. your, in your job. You got to go first. Right. And in your spirit, you got to go first. Meaning you can't wait for the outer world to change for you to be like, Oh, now I'm going to be happy. Now I'm good. Right? No, you go first, you know? And I think that with anything. So uh, what you're talking about is fundamental and everybody listening, like, that's why I want to be around you more, Jesse. Cause you, this isn't just, you're not just, this isn't lip service. Like I know you, th- this is who you are. At, at a fundamental level. In fact, you and I have had really, and maybe we'll actually, we can go into this a little bit, but we've had some pretty intense conversations about the state of the world right now mm-hmm. and the future of the world. And the, the, a lot of the stuff that's out of our control, it, it, it can be pretty scary, right? It's, it's pretty, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of unprecedented. And what I love is, you know, you came over to our house many months ago and uh, you, have, you gave like a two hour history lesson to my wife, Ursula and I, about how we got to this point in the world. And you talked about like, you started out with when, you know, cavemen and women with sticks and stones and like the evolution of how we then, how violence came in and all of these things and how kingdoms were built and America was built and how kingdoms fall and all this. You gave us this reality check and, and that history lesson. And Ursula and I were both kind of like, oh, this is, man, this is intense. But yet you're like, your spirit, I've told a lot of our friends, just mutual friends and people this just, your spirit was like, and it's going to be great. This is a fascinating time in history. And there are going to be those of us that, that plug into the matrix or stay plugged in and that, you know, that fall with, with the masses or those of us that go, look, I'm a sovereign being. No one is going to control me and tell me what to do. I am free, you know, and, um, and we're going to join with other beings who consider themselves free and we're going to thrive no matter what happens on the outside. And so what I love about it is like you're, you're so well read and you have so much knowledge and understanding of the world, more than most people, myself included, I'd say. But yet everything you just said in terms of you being just, you know, in control of the one thing we can control, which is your inner being, how you show up every day, how you interpret things. Yeah, man. So I don't know where I was going with that, but just that is just being around you that rubs off. And so I'm hoping for everybody listening that a little bit of Jesse Elder is rubbing off on them. I appreciate that, man. I, it is, in a way, it's very self-serving because that's how I want to connect with people. And you know, when, when like when I came over and had dinner and we had such a good time, you have freaking amazing family and hanging out with with you and the kids and, and Ursula, and like you you brought that out. You know, it's like your your curiosity and hunger and and attention and presence literally just brought that out. You know, without you guys being there. You know, obviously, I'm just not going to be sitting by myself, just talking to the wall. So it, it, it is a, a harmony, you know, and the, and, and the, the fuel, the, the most important energy on the planet is attention. Attention is the currency of transformation. And so wherever attention goes, gets transformed. So the attention of a listener, the attention of, of, of a person who's, who's receiving what it is that we have to say is an incredibly energizing uh, force. And so it really is a, this, this beautiful symbiosis. Co-creation, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, I've, I've been studying this stuff, this stuff the, 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 like the way the world is evolving. And, and looking at it from probably less political, more, more macro political, you know, politics is very new. It's only a couple hundred years old in, in yeah. the form we know it. Um, but power structures, as we see them today, have been around for about 15,000 years. And so I've been studying this for, for almost 25 years. So when all this stuff started happening in 2020, I was like, oh, 
this is what it's going to look like. Okay, cool. So it wasn't a shock. None of it was a shock to me, although it was interesting how some of the details played out and are playing out. But I have nothing but excitement and confidence and certainty for the direction that my world is going to take because that's the only world that I can control. And there's you know 8.6 billion perspectives on this planet. And one of the, the biggest... I won't say mistakes. I, I think it's just like a deficiency. One of the, one of the biggest deficiencies uh, in people's psychology and their mindset that I observe is like the John Mayer song, just waiting on the world to change. They want the world to be the way that they want so that they feel safe, happy, peaceful, successful, secure. And as long as the world, the world, which is really just their perception, whatever they're looking at, if it doesn't match the way that they want it to be, now they have an excuse to be angry, scared, panicked, freaked out, upset, whatever. And the reality, if they hadn't seen that news story, if they hadn't watched that television show, if they hadn't seen that documentary, they wouldn't be all up in a rage. Now, I do think it's important to stay informed, but all the, the shifts, uh, personally, the shifts that I've made in the, in the last year have been purely 100% upgrades. The, the, the things that I get to do now that I didn't see you know, a, a year or two years ago are now so joyful and so fun and so fulfilling. And they happen to have the byproduct of creating safety, security, success for me and for those that, I, that I'm serving and those that I'm connecting with. But it's not a have to. It's an absolute get to. And so, you know, I know my, what my principles are. I know my moral code. I know what my values are. And so... That just makes it very easy to make decisions. And then as a byproduct of that confidence and that certainty, the the, the next steps of the plan always reveal themselves. So, I, you know, when, when the snowpocalypse hit, you know, here in Texas exactly. five, six weeks ago, I had so many texts from, from friends. They're like, I bet you're just having the time of your life because they knew that I had generators and tons of food and water and a vehicle that can, you know, handle the snow and all that. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I actually am having the time of my life because I'm in a place that I get to help those who weren't prepared. And that feels really good. And so, you know, to, to go and deliver a generator to, to a friend who he's actually quadriplegic, he, he doesn't generate heat. And uh, so you could put 12 blankets on him and it doesn't do anything. Uh, so we took a generator to him, plugged an electric blanket, a little heater, and, and uh, that felt great. It felt awesome to be able to do that. Now, that being said, there's friends of mine who were teasing me, teasing me for stockpiling food. Like, what do you think? The world's going to end? I'm like, no, it seems like a good idea. I've, I've spent, you know, more than that on, on a few nights out in Vegas. You know, it's like, you, you know, it's not about the money. It just feels better to have food. Those people who are teasing me were texting me like the third, fourth night into blackouts all over Austin. They're like, hey, man, how's your... Uh, How's your food stores holding up? I'm like, they're they're amazing. Do you do you need some? Uh, that'd be great. Huh. I got, got you. So I brought him the you know brought him some food and gave him a shopping list. Like, here's what you should buy yourself next time. Yeah. So there's always this harmony. Yeah, and that, I do want to. That is something that I want to talk about. Is is being prepared uh, or or what is known as prepping, right? It hit me a few months ago. I really, I started paying attention to this about a year ago when COVID hit and I started to notice, okay, wow, store shelves are empty. Huh. That's something I wasn't anticipating, right? You know, and then, and then interestingly enough, right, the snowpocalypse that recently happened, store shelves were empty again. Different, re, different cause, 
same result, same outcome. And so one thing I heard recently is they go, look, being prepared is just smart. <laughs> you don't plan on dying, but you do have life insurance just in case. You don't plan on getting sick, but you have health insurance just in case. You don't plan on crashing your car. You don't plan on not being able to get food at the grocery store, but just in case, you know, and of course, I mean, I think water goes even above that in terms of, right, the, the hierarchy of, you know, you can only live, what, a day or two without water. So talk about that first. Let, let's actually, let, let's talk about being prepared because I think that I haven't broached this topic with my audience and today is the perfect day to do it. I think, honestly, when I actually step back, it's fear of being judged as a lunatic or as a prepper or something, right? Like there's a stigma, you know, prepper equals crazy person. And, um, but we've got tons of food and tons of water and tons of, and we just ordered a generator and we've got a solar generator. We've got all the things, you know, just like you. Uh, and I think you probably influenced that a bit when you were here six months ago for dinner. But anyway, talk about just the idea of if somebody's listening right now, let, let's, let's, let's kind of take it from this angle. If somebody's listening and they haven't given a thought to preparation and with the way we're talking about, they're like, dude, life's always been fine. I've always been able to go to the grocery store. My lights have always turned on. The water's always come out of the faucet. What are you talking about? Why would I ever have to think otherwise? And, I, and we've seen, and there's a lot of stuff people you know, going on in the world right now that we won't even get into that is putting these things that we view as normal that we've come to expect at a real risk. Our food supply chain are a lot of these things. So I'll just, I'll tee up with that. So if someone's listening, they've never prepared, let, let's just make a case like, hey, here's why you might want to prepare and, and here's where I would start. This is so good, Hal. And, and this is this is one of my favorite topics right now, uh, partly because I'm, I'm new-ish to it in the, tr- strategically and tactically, but intellectually and, and emotionally, this is something that I've, that I've always felt. But I, I think there's, there's one more layer uh, that, that may be useful for somebody, especially like if you're listening to this and you're like, wait a minute, I, I'm here for the, for the, you know, the sunshine and rainbows and, and love and light. And now these guys are talking about the end of the world. Ah! You know, no, it's not the end of the world at all. In fact, even the word apocalypse comes from Greek. Apocalypsos, it means the unveiling, it means something new. Mm. The ending it means the beginning. So, with all that being said, the, the biggest thing that I that I got to navigate for myself and in, in my own emotions and in, in my own psychology is I live a life that is based on expansion, based on joy, based on love, based on 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 fun, <laughs> based on on connection, and all of those things. And so, the even the thought, and this is even going back a year ago, even the thought of buying more food than I was going to eat this week felt so fear-based and it felt so constrictive and it felt so defensive. And I, I was like, Whoa, this is not me, man. This is not me. I mean, I'm the dude that flew one-way tickets around the world for a year, just to explore and adventure and didn't know where I was going to be in a day and didn't know, you know, where I was going to sleep, didn't know what I was going to eat, but it was always there. And so, so to swing that pendulum the other way and start looking at canned food and should I get a gun and all that, I was like, whoa, man, this is not my vibe at all. And so what I've learned to do in, in that sort of situation is to get right with the decision so that any decision I make is coming from my core value system, which is always has been, always will be expansion, joy, freedom, love. That's, that's how I choose to live. So in order for me to make a choice, it has to fall 
into those categories. It has to be because of those reasons. So I really sat down and started to look at just what it meant to me to be free, to be, I'll use the word sovereign, to be you know, a self-authorized individual. And those are things that I've always prized my whole life. And I thought, okay, well, I wouldn't sit at the restaurant and expect you know, the waiter or waitress to, to shovel food into my mouth and feed me. Like, no, I can feed myself. But then I thought, okay, well, what if I just take that act of, of choice? Don't, don't, don't feed me. I can feed myself. And what if I took that and just expanded that just a little bit? You know, I mean, we've all, probably most people have had this experience of, you know, earning your own money. You know, rather than having your parents take care of you or, or you know, getting an allowance when you're a kid and all of a sudden now you got a paper route or, or you're selling knives or you're teaching martial arts and you're making your own money and how good that feels. Well, most of us reach the point where we're like, okay, I make it enough money. All right, I've arrived. Although for most people, there's never enough and that's a whole other topic. But I thought, okay, what if I just kept expanding that sense of, of confidence, really? What if I was so confident, not only that I can pick up the fork and shovel the food in my mouth, not only that I can make the money to buy the food, but what if I was the one who was growing the food? What if I was the one that was building community with other people who are also doing that? What would that be like? And so it wasn't from a fear place. It was from a place of, wow, this is cool. I've never done this before, but it just makes sense. And as I began to research and study, I realized that, you know, this, this idea of, of outsourcing our survival is a very new concept. Outsourcing our security is an incredibly new concept. Paying, whether through taxes uh, or, or other things, paying for someone else to protect us, feed us, take care of us is a very new human experience. Humans have been on the planet for a long time but it's incredibly new that we get to do this. And there are obvious advantages. It's nice that you could just go to the store, get food, and not have to grow it, cook it, think about it, whatever. But I began to realize this is something I wanted to experience from a pure upgrade perspective. What would it feel like if I knew exactly where my food is coming from, if I knew exactly who was growing the food? And you know, it starts with that idea. And next thing you know, I've got this property, which I didn't set out to do. It just very beautifully materialized. The money showed up, the, the, the perfect property showed up. And then I just kept telling the story of the vision. This is what I see. This is what I see. This is what I see. And it was based on expansion. It wasn't based on, oh shit, the world's going to end. It was based on growth. And wouldn't it be cool if... Yeah. And that that has attracted so many people to this project and we've got you know we're building like this food army now people who are have always been there have been farmers and growing but they're kind of struggling and i'm like hey you know i've got this land why don't you bring your skills in and you know you can grow on you know 30 times the land you're used to growing on and let's just split whatever grows you know it's my land it's your labor why don't we just split it and people are fighting for that opportunity now. And, and uh, I don't mean fighting, but you know, there's yeah. a lot of people that want to do that. And you know, I'm a year away probably from having enough food to feed 100, maybe 150 people. And, and like the best quality food, like fruits and nuts and vegetables and, and meat and dairy. Yeah, all organic, zero pesticides. And you know exactly where it came from. So to me, this is not a, a defensive move. And it's not offensive. I, don't, I, I am not under threat from anybody. 
There's not a, a there's not a being on the planet that can threaten, harass, or coerce me because I I don't play that game. Right. Nobody has the power to threaten me at all, and neither do I feel the need to attack or or defend or threaten anybody else. They can do their life. I'm going to do mine, and that's really no different than than how it's kind of always been. Yeah, I was going to say that earlier. That the word, if I looked up the word "sovereign" in the dictionary, I feel like I would see Jesse Elder. There he is. <laughs> there, there's the definition of sovereignty, right? Totally. Uh... My team was actually actually made this for me. She does leather stamping. Oh, that's great! For those of you that aren't watching the video, it says "sovereign individual," and it's on. A, is it leather? You said. Yeah, yeah. So like, like a leather, a leather coin, leather, and it's leather. got Jesse's uh, picture carved into it. That's incredible, dude. Hey, c- can she make me a sovereign? I want a sovereign individual coin. She may be able to do this. Can we get that? That'd be great. Okay, so I love what you what you did that you almost always do, which is you you laid a really important psychological foundation for this idea of preparing, right? And I think that's really important that you're not doing it out of fear. And I'll talk to my mom and dad, be like, hey, mom, dad, you know, do you have, you know, enough food to handle at least a few months if like, you know, if, if something happens, whether it's a weather disaster or war or who knows what, anything, right? Power outages, like, you know, wildfire, my, my mom or my dad's in California and my sister, right? They have wildfires, they have power, there's all sorts of crazy stuff. Why wouldn't you be prepared, right? In Texas, we could have never planned for the snow apocalypse, right? Like, right? But again, better to be prepared. There was something that a mentor taught me a long time ago, which is simply, it's better to have it, whatever it is, have it and not need it, than to need it and not have it. And that to me is the simplest justification for, yeah, be prepared, you know? So, okay. So if someone's listening and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking you guys. It doesn't sound so crazy. It sounds just kind of common sense and just like responsible to, to, to be kind of prepared. Where would you, what, you know, get, get into logistics, right? Like the list, like where would, where do people start? And obviously starting with, you know, if you're don't have a bunch of extra money to, to throw it, you know, or you can few, throw a few thousand bucks at it, but just where would you start? Yeah. And I, I love what, what you shared there about your mentor saying, you know, better to have it and not need it. And, and I, in my experience, that's been very true. I want to add one more piece to that uh, mm-hmm. that I, I found useful. And that is, if the having of the thing, whatever it is, whether it's insurance or you know canned food or you know or, or, or a gun, if somebody you know wants to do that, whatever the thing is that you have that you hope you never need, as long as the having of that is joyful, mm-hmm. not energy drain. Because if somebody you know if it's out of somebody's value system, for example, to get a gun, and then they realize oh, maybe I should get a gun, and then they get one, and now every time they think about it, they're like, Ugh. yeah then they shouldn't have one. They absolutely should not have one. So it really comes down to alignment in every item that's in your home, everything that you have, even if it is for just-in-case scenarios, should feel good when you think about it. It should feel like, ah, yeah, that feels good. So that's the only other thing I wanted to add on to there. Yeah. And I want to add on to what you added on, which is we had this conversation. I'm part of a mastermind called Front Row Dads, and it's my favorite group that I'm a part of. Uh, Our friend John Broman, right? You know John. Obviously. Um, so we were at a very small six person kind of retreat where we Airbnb a house a few months ago. And this was one of the discussion topics. We spent a, a couple hours talking about, you know, being prepared for your family. And some of the guys, half the guys were like, what, huh? What, why wouldn't you be prepared? And the other half were like, like one of the guys is like, dude, I've got 150 gallons of water in my garage. I've got, you know, I've got three years of food. I've got two jet right. I mean, we're like, he was 
And I was like kind of in the middle, you know, which was great because I thought I was going to be the one that they were like, what? You have all this stuff. You're crazy. And then luckily the other guy had way more, you know, he's way more of the time. He's got like 32 guns. So he, he was, you know, he, he was ultra prepared. But here's the point is that when John Broman set up the conversation, which he, and he's very eloquent, you know, communicator, but he set up the conversation. It was, he, he set a couple of, of paradigms for us to operate from. And two mantras that really stood out. Number one was aware, but not afraid. Mm. And I thought about earlier when you said where your attention goes, right? That becomes your reality. You, we create our own reality based on our attention. The, the world is as it is. One person can be super stressed about it. The other could be feel great about it. And the only thing different is what they're focusing on in the world. Like you said, you're always looking for what's exciting, what's great, where are the opportunities, right? Where's the love? Where's the joy? Where's the, the kindness? Where's the service, right? And whatever you focus on becomes your reality. So be aware, but not afraid. Be aware of what's going on, but there, there's unless you find value in fearing it, which, and I actually remind me, I do want to ask you about alchemizing fear and what you mean by that. So let's, we'll circle back to that. But be aware, but not afraid. And then John threw another one in, which is prepared, not paranoid. Love that. Right? So. And love, aware, not afraid, prepared, not paranoid. And, and what he said is he said, you know, when I first learning about you know, the, the reasons I might need to be prepared and, you know, seeing empty store shelves and this and that, I immediately was in fear state. Oh my God, I got, I got, I got, I got a hoard. I got, I got to prepare. And he said, but what was interesting is I don't prepare so I can lay awake at night thinking about it. I prepare so that I don't have to lay awake at night thinking about it. Right. And it's so true. I realized that, that like when I saw the, you know, when I realized, oh, I should have some food. Well, there was little stress until the food arrived. And I'm like, oh, there's nothing to stress about. Like I, I, I recognized a potential aspect that needed to be prepared for and I prepared for it. And now I, I sleep well, and I'm at peace. So yeah, so I think that's all important. So let's get into some of the items. I know that you talked, when we talked about your property, you just bought it, I think when, you know, like six months ago when you came over and you, you kind of said, I'm going through the hierarchy of like human needs to, right? I'm starting with water and then food and then electricity and that kind of thing. So so let's, and we can go back and forth, you know, on this because I've been doing it too, but what are like really practical things for people to, uh, to, to do now, to purchase now, to, to prepare? Yeah, the, the biggest, from, from my experience, uh, and, I've, and I've coached a few people to, to, to go through the same sort of thing, it's, it's not about the supplies at all. Supplies are, are sort of a byproduct. It's much more about understanding your own motives and your own reasons. And you know, for, for me, because basing my life on expansion and freedom and joy and, and love and, and fun, all of this had to tie into that because I'm not going to sacrifice my values just to you know, get some canned food or something. So I started to look at, you know, how does this expansion of my life, which includes, you know, being resilient and anti-fragile and, and ready for anything, how does that fit in? And I started to realize when I, when I started growing my own food, it became the ultimate upgrade of my entire life. It became the most incredible metaphor, lesson. I've learned so much about the world, the universe, so many things that I believed that are now really experiential. And I've become even more chill, even faster at manifesting and creating all because of gardening. So, And it doesn't cost anything. I'll show you an example. I went to Whole Foods, got, bought some groceries, bought a sweet potato. This is a month ago put the sweet potato in a vase. Wow. <laughs> and so this sweet potato is now growing. These are called slips and it'll pro produce probably seven or eight slips in another 
maybe month or two, uh, maybe eight, maybe six weeks, these slips will be long enough to cut. And then uh, you wrap them in paper towels and you just kind of, kind of dry them out and then you plant them. And then each one of those slips is going to go and produce like 30 potatoes, 30 sweet wow. potatoes. So, you know, this is like an 87 cent potato. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 times seven or so, it's like 200 potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, each slip. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, the reason I'm sharing this is not to convince people to eat sweet potatoes or buy potatoes. <laughs> But it's because, Although there are a lot of health benefits to sweet potatoes. Oh, not, I love, right. But the idea is, you know, start with something that you can get experience in and that you find value, you know, that you find, that you find uh, joy in. Because I would never have been able to, to look forward from a year ago and guess that I'd be where I am today. But I just knew that if I, just, if I take the best next step, you know, if, if there's all these steps available, what's the best next step that's in alignment with my values, that feels right, that feels like expansion, feels fun, feels cool, which by the way, sometimes it feels fun to be gritty and to be prepared and be resilient. You know, if I'm training martial arts, it's not always fun when you're tired and you're hitting the pads, but it's so fulfilling, so rewarding. It's like you want to get in there, you want to do it, and you want an opponent who's going to be tough back to you because otherwise you can't experience how good you are. And so, what if you lose? You know, and you learn. So I classify that as fun. <laughs> that all yeah. counts as fun. So if somebody's listening to this and they're like, "Okay, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm interested in expanding my life, not out of fear, but to experience more freedom," then I would say just. Look at at you know Maslow's hierarchy. You know those that are familiar. These basic basic needs that we have, and at the very foundation is safety, security, which includes food, shelter, you know all of that. And just look at how could you upgrade those areas. You know if 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 you go to you know I mean I, I shop at Old Foods here, but you can go anywhere and buy you know a, 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 like a pound bag of beans that costs you like a dollar. And you know what? Just every time you're shopping, just go in and stack up a few of those and just ask yourself, how does it feel to know that you've got enough food in your cupboard, in your kitchen, that you can share if things go sideways? And, and you know, if it scares somebody to think about things going sideways, I would suggest that that's a product of modern conditioning. We've been so conditioned to believe that other people are going to take care of us. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't mean this harshly, but most people have the, the uh, have the equivalent sovereignty of a houseplant. You know, yeah. unless somebody comes to feed and water them, they're just like going to wilt and and kind of wither away. And I don't think that that's what we're designed for. I don't think that that's how we're designed as human beings. But most people are so easily entertained and and sort of manipulated uh, emotionally, and they can get all riled up about something that has nothing to do with their actual life. And they forgot what it was like to be fully human, to be fully capable to, you know, we're on the digital device right now, but these digits, this is the original digital life. Are you using your hands? Are you using your mind? Are you creating things? And that's how we're born. We're born as creators. We're, we're put into this world, I believe, so that we can interact and interface with this fabulous world, which is just like a buffet of all of these different experiences. And then we can choose the experiences that we want to have. You don't go to the buffet and go, oh my God, who put the tilapia there? And like call the manager. You just don't, don't put the tilapia on your plate. Yeah. And life is exactly the same way. If there's something that, that you don't like, 
<laughs> ignore it. Yeah. I've been practicing strategic ignorance my entire life, and I don't give anything my attention that I don't want. And as I ignore it, it goes out of my life, and something big and beautiful and more powerful shows up. That's why my life is indestructible. That's why I'm not uh, ever able to be threatened or coerced. And as, as I've learned more about how powerful we actually are, this is a little sidebar, but that includes you know stuff like the law. You know, the law which most of us don't question because, you know, we're taught all these things about, you know, who has power and doesn't, and here's the laws and all that. The reality is you can't commit a crime unless there's a victim. If there's an injured party, then it's a crime and you should make it right. You know, if you hit somebody's car, you should fix it. If you hurt somebody, you should help them heal or make it right. But if you don't injure somebody, there's not a crime. So speeding is not a crime. You're not, you haven't injured anybody. And I'm not going to get into the whole litany of things that are non-crimes. Yeah. But if, if even if I ended up in front of a, a magistrate because I was you know, growing too much food and didn't have a permit, and they were like, Jesse Elder? Well, I will say, hi, Your Honor. That, that is the matter that I'm here for. But I never gave consent for that name to be used for commerce in the corporate state of Texas. I assume there's a valid cause of action, a bonded claim, and that everybody here is sworn in. The moment I say those words, it's checkmate because they, they now have to prove to me that there's an injured party and they can't prove it. So they're like, sorry, meow, and they run. Mm-hmm. So it's all of these understandings about who and what we are as truly sovereign beings that this, this growing food or, or making friends with people that are growing food, you don't have to grow food, yeah. but be an asset to the community. Like, what are you good at? Are you great at storytelling? Are you great at, you know, working with kids in education? Are you, are you great at swinging a hammer? Are you great at coding? Or, you know, what are you good at? And how can you connect with people that have something you can use so that we can get out of this conditioning that other people are responsible for us, including even money? Money is very useful, but it's a monopoly piece. Real value exists between human beings. So that was a little bit of tangent there. I don't even know if I answered the question. I don't remember. You probably did. Uh, and then some. That's how you roll. Um, well, and if anybody, so anybody listening, I want to, I'm going to give you a couple of items that you might consider. So, first and foremost, again, a human being, you know, if there's a, like here in Texas, when we have the snow apocalypse, everybody's water pipes were frozen and people died of thirst. People, like, I don't know how many, it was in the tens of thousands or millions. I mean, Countless people did not have water. And so one of the, you know, having bottled water stored uh, is a great idea, but to have a source where you can actually continue, you know, if you run out of your bottled water, then what do you do? I personally recommend, it's called a Berkey water filter. B-R-K-E-Y. What'd you say? I've got one as well. Berkey's got a Berkey. Yeah. I've got a Berkey. John Broman's got a Berkey, right? So uh, yeah, B-E-R-K-E-Y. I think it's probably Berkey.com or just Google Berkey water filter. But that is, it's one of the best filters in the world to where allegedly, I haven't tried this yet, but allegedly you can put pool water in it and it will filter out 99.9% of all the chlorine, fluoride, and you could literally drink pool water. Um, again, I have not tried that yet. That'll be only in an emergency situation, but but it's good to know that, that that's an option. So check out the Berkey water filter. And I want to say this too, um, Jesse, the that actually just happened where John Vroman, a friend of his, was not prepared at all for any kind of disaster. And so that friend had to come or, or asked and John invited him to stay at his house during the snow storm in Texas because otherwise he had no access to water. And so because John had the Berkey water filter, they were able to not only provide water for their family, but as you said, help their fellow man, right? And, and, and help someone else. 
And then even beyond that, uh, we've recently, our friend that's a hardcore prepper, he's got these big 50-gallon water tanks that he stores in his garage with these water preservation drops. So he's got like months of water for him and his family, you know? And then the only other thing I would tell you in terms of food is just, I just have a bunch of organic beans and organic rice. And that's all you, and again, it's not that expensive. You can get at the grocery store, go to amazon.com, buy, you know, 10-pound bags, whatever you want. But organic beans and organic rice will provide enough calories to sustain you, I don't know, indefinitely, I mean, for a long time. And then the other piece to consider is power, I think, is is the third one. And of course, I mean, medical supplies, you can go on and on and on. But I think the most important you want to start with, right, is water and food. That's the most important. And if you you got a month or two or three of water and food, then you could figure out, all right, I got some other issues I got to figure out. Like, let's call around. Let's see who else can can help with these other options. But but, yeah, if you're listening, that's where I would start. Anything else, Jesse, that you would add to that as, as a starting place? Yeah, I would. I would just. I think those are all. That's a great list, and it's it's a great place for people to start. And and if you are listening to this and watching this, and if you're inspired to to just test this for yourself, you can always give the food away. You can always give it to a food bank. You can always you know say, okay, that was cool. I did that experiment. Wasn't for me. Get rid of it. But if you're doing it, if you're going through this experiment and you're and you're doing this stuff, then just notice how it feels to be getting really back to your roots as a human being or to become truly self-reliant and not expecting and hoping that somebody else is going to take care of you. The confidence that you get from that, the way that it makes you look at your life, the way that it makes you look at yourself in the mirror, knowing that, that not even if something happens that you're prepared, but just knowing that you're prepared, knowing that you're, you're a, a competent human being who's not reliant on another person, then you can approach every relationship from such a different place of appreciation and love. It's it's like when I was training martial arts, yeah, in the beginning I was training because what if I get beat up? You know, what if somebody jumps me and I and I trained out of fear. And after a while, as my skills increased and I realized that and this I I feel pretty confident, even when a situation got heated, and I was a bouncer for a while, even when somebody's yelling at you or they're drunk or they're threatening you, you're so confident in your abilities that you can actually see the humanity of it. Mm. Be, you can be more loving and more kind, not wrapped up in the fear. But the only people who, who can, it's far easier to be peaceful when you're powerful. Mm. And, and somebody who's not powerful and pretends to be peaceful is actually fearful. That's a powerful paradigm. I hope everybody caught that. Right. And I love that example of when you were a bouncer and somebody's in your face yelling because you are confident and competent in your skills, in your preparation, right? You can actually just be calm and at peace and see the humanity in them. That that really resonated with me, man. And eventually, you know, you tr- you don't train to avoid a fight. You train because it feels good to train. You train because it feels good to expend your body and train you train because it feels amazing to learn and it feels incredible to find your limits and go past them that's why you train yeah and you you're healthy you're energized and you're focused and you're confident you're connecting with your teammates that's why you train the byproduct of training is you can kick ass if you need to but that's not why you're training and i feel the exact same way about this whole you know prepper thing it feels good to learn and grow and to meet people and to connect. The byproduct is the world can go to hell and me and my friends are going to be fine and we'll be the ones to, to rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. And the next level of that, as you mentioned, which you're already, you're ahead of me on, but my wife and I are, we're, we're making right now, we're kind of, we're doing all the legwork to be able to have chickens 
and to have an aquaponics garden and, you know, which will have fish as well and to grow our own food and have a greenhouse. And, you know, we're doing all the legwork right now, all the research and yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to, you know, I mean, you think about the most primal, one of the most primal things for survival, producing food, but yet we don't know how to do it. Like, like you said, we're relying on other people. Well, what if those supply chains, right? Like, you know, it's just, it's kind of, when you think about it, it just makes so much sense to, yeah, what a beautiful thing to be able to plant a seed, watch it grow, harvest it, and then have it nourish my body and my kid's body. And so to your point, not doing it out of fear, doing it out of love and excitement and expansion and freedom. And so I love surfing the vibe with you. I love the paradigms that you live from, Jesse, and how you so freely give of yourself in service of others so that that expansion can expand beyond you. Uh, and truly, you know, my mission is to elevate the consciousness of humanity and you are, are, you know, you do that just in how you live every day. So thank you, man. Totally, totally appreciate you, man. Well, hey, I think this is our first conversation of hopefully many more. I think that, uh, you know, I think about like a, like a Joe Rogan who's got his returning guests. And I think that this needs to be like a, like a quarterly thing every few months, come back on and uh, we'll just, we'll keep going deeper. I would love that. Awesome. Awesome. I love you, brother. And uh, Goal Achievers, thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And uh, let me know. Uh, you can go to halelrod.com forward slash podcast. I think it's episode 372, 371, 372, one of those. And leave a comment, you know, if you think we need to have Jesse back on a lot more often. So uh, love you all. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you all next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 